0: Today is July 15th and I think we're watching the results of what took place with the first of the space race rockets going up. It's it's important to be aware to pay attention to the details and truly listen to what's happening because there are so many different narratives and a lot of them are creating, are created with the intent on causing fear and confusion but it's important to be aware of what is being said and what's being played out as this is unfolding. As I pointed out the first one, with Sir Richard Branson on the 11th, that same day the Cuba Liberation Movement started and the, looks like, civil war that started in South Africa kicked off. It's been growing ever since, and now... Yesterday was the, what's called Bastille Day in France, and now they are demonstrating in France and in Greece, Beirut is exploding, looks like that country is falling apart, things that are happening in Afghanistan and China and Taiwan, I mean, it's, it's ramping up at a pace that is pretty hard to even keep track of. And as I was thinking through that, it's important to pay attention to the details. And one thing I just want to clarify is I'm, when it comes to the two wealthy men that are launching their expensive toys up into this near space, high up into the sky, Sir Richard Branson and Jeffrey Bezos, I referred to them as pilots while they're passengers. That might play into the narrative. They're al- along for the ride. And also I was looking at what is... I had mentioned that possibly the Lib- Statue of Liberty is the tallest statue. I, I didn't know. I just threw that out there because I wasn't aware of how many statues around the world are really tall. So I looked it up, and in Wikipedia, it lists, lists the Statue of Liberty as the 48th tallest. They range anywhere from 600 feet down to 151 feet is what they list the Statue of Liberty as. They're, all, they're basically all to some kind of deity, god or goddess. Mostly Buddha. And even in Wikipedia, if you go in there and you just type in, what is the tallest statue in the world? You have to go to the current statues and it will list the Statue of Liberty as Liberty, the Roman goddess. It's not hidden. It lists the statue as 151 feet tall, but that's the statue itself. But it sits on the pedestal, the rebar, iron, and cement The total height is 305 feet, which jumps it up a little bit, but it's still the statue itself is 151 feet. But in going back through that and looking at some of the details, something stood out. The title of Richard Branson, Sir Richard Branson. And I was going through and I was reading through some things in Genesis and some of the things that the prophets spoke of with the serpent. And it came to my mind that there's the Sir, Sir Richard Branson, Sir Pent. And I thought about, well, what's the parts of the words pent? We're called to repent. These aren't just words, they are conjunctions. They have pent is the main word, and then there is Sir attached to it or reattached to it. And it's really interesting what I found when I started looking at this. The etymology of serpent, snake, creeping thing, that's what most of us would expect. Serpentine would be twisting or winding. It's like the result of what the serpent does, the forked tongue narrative. But it doesn't give us the full picture of what a serpent is. Or the title of sir, spelled different than sir pent, like Sir Isaac Newton, Sir Richard Branson. But I looked it up. What is Sir? What's the etymology of Sir? S-E-R. It's the same meaning as S-I-R, the title of Sir. It's to guard, keep, watch. So then it's like, okay, well there's pent. What is that? It's kept in, confined. Serpent, it is a snake or a creeping thing, but it also is a guardian of an area, a confined area. Okay, so what is repent? We're called to repent. Re is the prefix to do again. So if pent is a to keep in or a confined area, to repent would be to go back into the confined area. And this brings into view a whole different level of detail to the realm that we live in and what happened in the Garden of Eden. And to understand that, let's go back to Genesis. I want to point out a few things and then walk through some additional stuff that opened my eyes a little bit into what it is that we are unaware of because we don't have the full view because of the forked tongue narrative that gives us the twisting, the the definition, the defined, it removes the quality of the word. We have a different understanding versus the meaning, the etymology, the root of the word. As I said, Jesus tells us not to swear oaths, just let our yes be yes and our no be no, and anything, in be, anything other than that is from evil. I drew the similarity in it's black or white. That's a very common phrase in the United States. Well, It's just black and white, meaning it's a yes or a no. But there's all the colors in between that people seem to be playing in. The colors in between would be from the evil. What is that? It's the dividing of light. The yes being, say if the yes is white, it's all of the lights of the spectrum together is white. If you divide that through a prism, you have more than just the white light, the whole picture, you have this division. It seems like that's why they use this rainbow flag to kick off these, ind- or these independence or liberty movements, it's something different. It's about libertas. It goes back to the garden. What does garden mean in its etymology? It's an enclosure. The same as pent. Pent would be kept in an enclosure, confined in it. Eden means delightful place. It's well watered. It's an enclosure. It's this. It's paradise. And to pent would be to be kept in or confined into paradise. So when we repent, we go back into paradise. And how do we do that? We turn away from the lies of the world and we go back to what we were told to do from the beginning. Listen to what God tells us to do. In the garden, it was simple. Stay away from that tree. Afterward, in Exodus, we are given his commandments. The whole chapter twenty—it's not ten bullet points. Read the whole thing, and we are given what Jesus tells us to do—the teachings of Jesus. But we've been told that we don't need to pay attention to that anymore because of a new doctrine of—it's called the liberty theology, or liberation theology, or the grace doctrine—which says Jesus fulfilled the law so we don't need to worry about it anymore. We're under grace, not under the law. What does Jesus say? In chapter 5, Jesus says the opposite. He said he didn't come to abolish the law. So if he didn't abolish it, it's still in place. But he came to fulfill it. That's where people stop, which even in that itself doesn't mean that it's irrelevant. It's very relevant. He goes on to say, not one jot or tittle, one iota will be removed from the law or the prophets. And we're supposed to follow them and teach them and it's not good for anybody that does the opposite. It applies and we're supposed to know it and live by it. That's what repentance is, to go back under the law, meaning the guidance in which God gave us now, there's all kinds of other stuff, religious laws out there, but they're not laws. Those are man-made doctrines. What I'm referring to is the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 20. What the prophets taught us. Ezekiel, Isaiah, Daniel. What's considered the minor prophets. If you look at the Bible, it'd be the minor prophets would be all the books between Daniel and the book of Matthew. And then you have the teachings of Jesus. Those are, for some reason, the things that just, to most people, don't seem to apply anymore. They get their end times theology based on the book of Revelation and not what Jesus taught, what it, the prophets tell us the end would be because what's called the minor prophets in between Daniel and the book of Matthew almost exclusively talk about the end. And it's a very different picture than what a lot of people have now accepted. To have a better understanding of this repent concept, to repent from what the serpent did. The serpent deceived, lied about a liberation theology, liberating man from what God told us to do, his commandments. So, to undo what the serpent did, we need to repent and go back into the garden, the enclosure. The kingdom, so that we seek ye first the kingdom of God. When I refer to the law, I'm not talking about all this other stuff that people are talking about with this scribes and Pharisees' beliefs of being. Under the Judaic teachings, that's a very different thing. I shouldn't say Judaic, I should say Jewish teachings. That's different. I'm talking about the book, of Ex- the book of Exodus, chapter 20, the commandments. It gets oversimplified into 10, but it's a full chapter with a lot more content. Read it. Jesus told us to. But if we go back to the garden... Understanding what serpent means. What the Garden of Eden was. What actually took place there. What was the first liberation theology? If we go back to Genesis chapter 3, it tells us what happened and what was the result. And it plays out throughout the rest of Scripture until this time. So I'm going to go back real quick. Look at what happened in the garden and what has been the impact. Because it's playing out through these goofy rocket launches, the space race, the result of that we're seeing now is unfolding across the world. These liberation movements are causing chaos. It's the opposite of what people think. Chapter 3 of Genesis. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other, any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? See how he said of any tree. He's playing a word game. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. One tree. Stay away from the one. You can have the rest. But the serpent was already playing a game, saying, you "Can't eat of any of them." Pay attention to the details. But the serpent said to the woman, "You will surely, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat it, eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil." So they fell for the trap. She took from the fruit. But what is the fruit of a tree? The fruit of the tree is the seed of the tree. From the fruit will more trees grow. It's its seed, it's its offspring. She took of the offspring of the tree. I think a different race. And the result was, then the eyes, in chapter, or in verse 7, then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Why loincloths? They're covered their genitals because the serpent taught them about sex. So when God came back, he's like, what have you done? And the woman blamed the serpent. First, Adam blames the woman and Eve, and then Eve blames the serpent. And as a result of that, the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. And on your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Then he goes on to the woman and says, your pain and child, You will have pain and childbearing birth pains, but what happened here is we're seeing that the offspring, the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman, there was going to be enmity between them, and the seed of woman would be tripped up, the, serpent, the seed of the serpent will bruise the heel of the seed of the woman, but the head of the seed of the serpent would be bruised. A blue, a blue origin, a bruised head. It's the start. It kicked it off, and now we're seeing this happening with these rockets. A new shepherd coming from the blue origin. That's what Jeffrey Bezos is going to be riding on. And it's going to continue to remove God's peace, that's what Jeff Bezos means. Stealing God's peace. So be aware. And if we go to chapter 3, verse 22, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. There is a knowledge of how the reproduction works. This is the motto of Skull and Bones in some of the Masonic orders, is three, two, two, because... They have ascended to godlike status. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eve to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the garden of Eve, he placed the cherubim and the flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way of the tree of life. So it's cherubim, what is a cherub? Cherub, this gets pretty interesting. A cherub from the strongest Concordance says, probably in order of angelic beings. Doesn't really seem to have a lot of confidence in the way it views this, but if you look at the etymology of cherub, it's a winged angel to bless. There's reference to guardians of Eden and also as flanking God's throne. Guardians of Eden. Think back to what does serpent mean? To guard, to keep watch, to be kept in and confined. The serpent, the one, this Lucifer one, that beguiled was one of the cherub. He was a guardian of Eden, but he ended up being the deceiver of Adam and Eve. Serpent serpent basically means the same thing as cherub. Guardian of Eden. Now if you go to chapter 4 of Genesis, verse 1, now Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bore Cain, saying I have gotten a man from the help of with the help of the Lord. So now they had this knowledge from the from Lucifer, and that's why there is now this enmity between the two. But what happened? What was the result of this? First, it, the knowledge was given. Then there was the punishment. But now we're seeing the, the true result: that Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, "I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord." Which Lord? It doesn't say specifically. Be careful when you use when you see Lord, because. Lord is similar to like Christ. It's Without a clarifying, connecting word, this could be Lucifer. Lucifer gave them the knowledge to have sex. That's why they then covered their loins. And now there was enmity between their seed, the offspring, which would result from understanding how sex worked. And Cain was given, or she bore Cain with the help of the Lord because the Lord not the Lord God Almighty, the Father. Maybe a different Lord gave her that knowledge, and that's why she bore Cain. Because Cain grew up and killed his brother Abel. A new shepherd. Because Cain was a worker of the ground. And Abel was... a shepherd. So if you kill them, there would be a new shepherd, Cain. Now there's something else to be careful. I mentioned being careful with the word Lord and Christ. I want to show you something from Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 14. He's talking to the king of Tyre, which pretty obvious who this is when you read this. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God in the midst of the stones of fire you walked. If you read through that, he's talking about Lucifer. An anointed guardian cherub. Anointed is the same word as Christ. You could say he was a Christ serpent. A Christ cherub. A guardian cherub. So be careful with people are just using the word Christ without having any specific, it's an adjective. When people use an adjective without a reference to what they are addressing the adjective to, you can go any direction. I think that's how a lot of this game has been played, this deception. Because we can also see this, now if you go to Isaiah 14, verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O day star. That O day star in King James would just be Lucifer, son of the dawn, or son of dawn. How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. Destroyed the nations in some versions. Because he sowed his seed amongst man. He lied with his forked tongue, and he sowed his seed in, Just as we see in Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 37, Jesus answered, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man, the field is the world, and the good seed is the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the close of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned, with fire, so will it be at the close of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. Who's that, the weeds, the son of the seed of the devil? In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. It's the same thing that we see after the tribulation, after the reaping of the of the weeds, or tares, depending on which version you're reading, in Matthew 24, 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, so the, the tribulation is going to be something that we see, and it is the gathering of the weeds. The sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other, just as he was talking about in the parable of the weeds explained. Now as I'm looking at this it seems like that the angel that deceived the serpent is Lucifer. His first child was Cain. Cain would have been an offspring of an angelic being and Eve. What happened when that took place? I think the devil is different. The devil is the seed of the offspring of that union. If you look at Genesis chapter 6, verse 4, The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man, and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. Renown just means renamed. Men of old, these are spirits that have been here before that are coming back from another place, maybe an extra territory. They belong to another. They are the sons of this unity because when these giants, as we read through the book of Enoch, when these giants or these mighty men, the men of old, the men of renown, renamed, died, their spirits stayed here. And that's the same story that we get with Nebuchadnezzar Osiris. It's the same story of Isis and Osiris that goes throughout history. It's the same entities that seem to be entering into these beings and controlling the narrative. And they're going to be revealed. But when you look at Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, how you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn, be careful because so many people go only to revelation then they try and make the rest of the bible fit to revelation but it gets really difficult to do and revelation is an extremely confusing book and i want you to pay attention to something that might be very revealing in revelation chapter 22 verse 16 it says i jesus have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches I am the root of the descendant of David, the bright morning star. Is this the same Jesus that's saying this in Revelation? Because the bright morning star, if we go back to Isaiah 14, verse 12, How you are fallen from heaven, O day star, Lucifer, son of dawn. Bright morning star. Is it the same Jesus? Or is it referring back to the same Jesus that we think of as the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God? Or is it something else that we can look at Isaiah and says, this is the destroyer of the nations. Daystar, Son of Dawn. Something to think about, because when people then just take this Christ, they can load that Christ onto anything and say, Is this a guarded cherub, Christ? The king of Tyre? Is this Jesus the Christ? Is this Christ Jesus, or is it just Christ? Be careful how these words are used, because it's, it's the details that people can use to twist. And as we're watching this whole thing with these rockets launching, this offspring, these mighty men, the men of old, the men of renown, there's something that's the seed of the serpent. There's going to be a revealing of what that is. It seems to be tied with what we've been seeing with the cicadas. Something also with this vax. There's a heat element. Because the cicadas, it's called brood X. Brood means hatched in fire or hatched from heat. And we're getting, there's the flagging now, so that's going, those eggs from this year's brood is going to be hatching. Jesus used the same word brood when he is referring to the scribes and Pharisees. He calls them a brood of vipers. Vipers that are hatched out of heat. What is viper? Viper, from its etymology in Latin, means it's a viper, a snake, a serpent. We've already got that covered. If you continue to read, it's a contraction of vivus, V-I-V-U-S, alive or living, and parire, P-A-R-I-R-E, bring forth to bear. A brood of vipers hatched out of heat to bring forth these men of old, men of renown, the mighty men. Global warming seems to be about heating things up so that this brood can be hatched. They will be coming out of the ground, things will be coming out of the sky, and people just are not ready for it. I think that's part of the reason why there are so many earthquakes in diverse places, Plate tectonics isn't what people think it is. And it does not appear that earthquakes cause tsunamis. Because there's a lot of earthquakes, but there's not a lot of tsunamis. And there's tsunamis when there's no earthquakes. They don't seem to be correlated. I think this reason that there's going to be earthquakes in diverse places is part of the reason is there is a hatching that's happening, this brood, there's a reason for the heat increase, because this brood of vipers the men of old men of the mighty men, the men of old, the men of renown there's going to be a hatching of some of those that aren't already on the face of the earth hopping from body to body Like what happens with an inauguration—that's what the pharaohs were when a new pharaoh was crowned as the king or pharaoh. They went through a ritual in which they indwelt; they, be, they basically became possessed by a demon. The men of old, the men renamed, renamed. The presidents of the United States go through the same thing. They stand before an obelisk, by the dome of Isis, or the. Yeah, the womb of Isis, the dome, the capital, in front of the obelisk, the phallus of Osiris, and they conjure something up and it takes place. That entity, the men of old, the men of... the mighty men, takes a new name in the new leader. There's a group that we call the demons that roam the earth. But I think there's another one that is going to be hatched soon. The signs are all around us. But we need to be paying attention, be very aware of what is unfolding. It goes back into the same plan that I've been talking about, the Albert Pike plan. Jesus tells us these days are going to be very perilous. And if those days weren't cut short, there'd be no flesh left alive. It's going to be a time of great threshing, knocking the chaff off of the wheat. A time of purification. And those that endure to the end will be saved. There's going to be a lot of options out there to relieve some of the stress. That's just my take but there's going to be trade-offs. There's going to be a lot for people to deal with. And Jesus says, men's hearts will fail them for the things that are coming upon the earth. That brood X from the Lord of the Flies that we're seeing through the cicada, it's it reminds me of the, the narrative. There's a, a flipping. A friend had me watch Kong vs. Godzilla. It's very similar. And Amazon just have, had released this movie, The Tomorrow War. It's the same thing. It's the thawing of the ice and these entities coming out of the ice. They were warmed up so they could be hatched. It's a brood of vipers. Sure, they're a snake or a serpent, but it's also to bring forth, to make alive these mighty men, men of old, men of renown. People aren't ready for this. Be aware. Godspeed.